0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I really need your help. We need your help. Help me, Maggie. What should I do? Please help, Maggie. Ah! I'm Maggie Dent and in these special Help Me Maggie episodes on Parental As Anything, you get to ask me the sticky, tricky parenting questions you're dying to get the answers to. the time your kids are twins, you might think you're onto the home stretch of parenting. You're clawing back some alone time, the kids are more independent, and then, wow, the massive changes hit your kid. Brain changes, body changes, hormone changes, big emotions, big moods. And that can be really, really rough for your twins and teens, but also for the parents.
1: Hey Maggie, Julie and I have raised three teenage daughters. We thought we we were on top of our parenting game. We'd given each other high fives about how great of a job we'd done raising really well-balanced kids and all. Wow. That was until our eldest hit 14. For three years, it was very difficult to cope with her mood swings, manipulation, attitude, everything that goes with it. She's 18 now and almost grown out of it, we hope. We hope. But um, our middle daughter is 17 and she's also been extremely difficult for a year and a half now. It places a massive strain on our relationship. Pray that our baby, who's now 15, doesn't go through this phase. My real question for you, Maggie, is how can we better cope with these mood swings so that we support the kids better but also don't get so depleted ourselves? Because it does place a massive burden on our relationship. It's been very hard, and and we're totally exhausted. So we'd love your insights into that, Maggie.
0: Oh, dear exhausted dad. Wow you are really nearing the end of the family marathon and the fact that you've reached out means you're probably going to finish it still intact as a couple. Yep, it is true that those images and ideals we're sold on the joys of family life can be, well, misleading. And we might not survive as a species if we knew how tough raising kids could be. So i found the two toughest windows for co-parents is really the first five years and the teen years. And yep, Many relationships just simply don't survive. Sleep deprivation, confusion, meltdowns, disagreements about parenting, endless nappies, dramas around food, and then those challenges of having those teenagers in the house who need a different sort of parenting. Yep, stress levels are often unimaginable. But before I continue... The fact that you've had some tough times with your daughters, moods, slam doors, many arguments, is a sign that you have been good enough parents. So what I mean is your girls have felt safe enough to bring their big feelings and their angst home to their safe base. They won't discharge that out in the world, at school or anywhere else. They bring it home. And that's actually a really positive thing. I know it doesn't feel like it, but it's really, really important. So I want to reframe that part of the story that shows you guys have created a safe base for your girls. The other news, which is good to know when you're a co-parent, is uh, couples without children can also lose their connection and their sense of intimacy. And that's really kind of long-term relationships because they kind of flow in this crazy dance we call life. So it's not just because you have kids that your relationship can struggle when you're a co-parent. I can remember the early years feeling like my husband and I were just passing ships in the night. It's fabulous to see dads are now stepping up to share this team parenting journey, and yet that couple connection can still be challenged or even broken. Now, I need you to know that emotional contagion is a real thing. So uh, when everyone feels happy and connected, everyone feels it in the house. But if we're narky at each other or we're narky at our kids and we're not getting on, then everyone gets immersed in this negative kind of feeling. So that's a really big one for us to remember that as the big people in the house, you can influence that. So your first thing is... We need to be really honest with our co-parent how we're doing. That battle I'm having over the dishwasher or that moment, you know, that we just slammed that door in my face. We need to actually debrief from time to time how hard it is for us in certain moments because it just airs it all out instead of us carrying around inside of us. If there's a really big challenge, let's problem solve together. Over a coffee or a wine or just before you head off to sleep, check in. What else can we try that might make that easier for our our son or our daughter? And then help each other help and repair any ruptures. So if we have yelled at you, you forgot the bin, you forgot to pick up someone or you get yelled at because you're just getting too intense too quickly, let's help and repair those ruptures as soon as you can because they just get bigger and bigger and then it's too hard. Next, become really clear between the two of you, what you need to do to stay sane (laughs) or to reduce the stress. So it doesn't matter what either of you loves, whether it's Pilates, yoga, surfing, fishing, riding miles in tight lycra, plan to make it happen every week. So absolutely prioritise that you both get a break doing something that fills you with joy, that makes you come back into the home environment in a happy way. We call that a protective factor. You've got to prioritise each other's protective factors. And just like with toddlers, work on connection, create pockets of time to watch a show together, plan a holiday, read a book together. Connection, that's what we're all hungry for. That's what your girls are hungry for. We all need it. So where can you do that? So date nights, absolutely would have prioritised that. I love it that there's some families or tribes around families that are taking each other's kids for weekends so couples can go away together and have some non-kid time. I reckon that's an absolute jet of an idea. Prioritise some family rituals that are fun, even with teenagers. So have a big fry-up on a Sunday morning, not too early because not many teens want to get out of bed early individual dates with each of your kids. We know that those mum dates and dad dates, when they do something they really want to do without any interrogation, unbelievably powerful down the track. Doesn't matter what it is, do something with them. I was lucky I could shoot hoops with my boys or I could just hang around with them while they're at the beach surfing. It was still a connection time. Maybe you could get their friends to come over for some barbecue, fire pit and then Let's lighten up. Let's be a bit more ridiculous. Let's play great music that maybe both of you love. Dance around the kitchen, whether it's, you know, Bob Seger, Rod Stewart, Coldplay, or even ABBA. What you're doing is shifting the energy in the home, especially after there's been a big meltdown. Get back to grooving and dancing, because that'll shift you from being crabby too. And if you can, remember your communication with your girls. Keep validating how tough things can be Ask their thoughts and their plans about issues. You know, ask them to help you sort out your phone or your tech stuff. Remember, at the end of the day, they really are growing into being grown-ups, but sometimes there's a little girl inside them or a boy inside them. Make them feel that they matter and that they can be helpful in that system of your family. And then... If you think, I think it's too late for that, just try the emotional honesty, have a couple of really big honest conversations. And if it has become unfixable, too toxic, or you are desperately unhappy, go and get some counselling before you walk away. Go and get some support to see if you can reclaim that connection, because the journey on the other way can be tricky too. So I hope, Dad, that's given you some ideas how we can stay connected while we've got this Last stage of the marathon that you're almost about to finish, and well done, both of you. Next time on Parental as Anything, the hidden disability that's far more common than you might think. When we were in primary school learning to read, I think I learnt very quickly ways of being able to be avoidant with that sort of learning. I was as smart as my peers, but I was struggling with this. Dyslexia. We'll find out the signs to look for, what to do next, and how it's not a complete barrier to success. You can hear it on the ABC Listen app. This episode of Parental as Anything was recorded and produced on Gadigal, Combermeri and
1: Run Country.